Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Train, Eat, Repeat. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. Hey, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. So as this uh, episode was being recorded, it is Tuesday, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, If you're listening to it later, that's okay. You'll still get plenty out of this episode. But whether you are about to celebrate Thanksgiving with friends and family or you have already celebrated, and who knows, maybe if it's in 2022 and you catch this episode, that's okay too. You're going to get tons from it. Um, But really enjoy that you guys are here. We are going to be covering part two of our four food groups that we we think you need to add to your diet. Um, and the reason why we t- are talking about this topic is that so, so much of the diet culture is about restriction and elimination and taking things out. And while, yes, there may be a time and a place to take certain foods out, and obviously we know that there are certain benefits to taking certain food groups out or not over-consuming them, what we also like to focus on occasionally with our clients is more so focusing on the things they should add to their diet in order to be healthier. Absolutely. So Tyler had asked a question to our private Facebook group a couple weeks ago about things that they that individuals might have a difficulty adding into their diet. And our first episode was on whole grains. And now we're doing protein. Um, but we've got, you know, protein, um, whole grains, fruits and vegetables, and also fats in there as well. So we've got a couple of different macronutrients that people have a difficult time of adding in. In our last episode that we did, the one before your Movember, was we talked about whole grains. So this one we're going to focus on protein, and specifically, um, I think it's a, a great uh, thing that women need to really listen to and understand why they're adding protein. It doesn't have to be the sole focus of your meal, but it should be at least um, attend the plate at each meal, so to speak. And protein is important for for numerous reasons um, in terms of making sure that we don't have bone loss or develop something like osteoporosis. Um, Also ensuring, too, that it keeps our metabolism regular. Proteins Um, in our hormones. Absolutely. So many, many benefits to you, including protein and not just any type of protein. We also want to make sure that the type of protein that we're consuming is good as well, which we have talked about on the podcast, but we'll do a, a quick and dirty. So first of all, how much protein do you need? Um, So that way you can sort of determine whether or not you actually are in a good place from a protein intake standpoint, or maybe you need to add some more protein in. And I think this is a difficult question because everyone wants a definitive answer. And it's such a broad range of how much protein each individual needs. It's really based on your individual goals. Your individual goals, how active you are, if you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. um, and, and then obviously, too, what your eating preferences are. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if you're a vegetarian like Andrea or you're a vegan, it's go- you're, go- you're going to have to get more protein in because of the quality of the protein that you're getting from, let's say, a vegan-based source. Sure. Not saying that the the quality is bad. It's just not... Uh, it's just... not as abundant. Correct. Yes. It's not as packed in as it would be in a meat source. So how much do you need? Well, the recommended daily amount, right? The RDA recommended amount of protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So and the recommended amount is just to keep you... Alive. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically not to, to ensure that you don't have a deficiency. And that's not to say that you wouldn't have a deficiency as long as you hit 0.8. Again, it depends on your lifestyle. So if you're an athlete and you're only getting in 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, you are not going to be able to perform the way that you would be able to if you were taking, say, at the top end range, 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. So to do a little bit of math, and you're going to have to excuse my math skills because that's one of my worst subjects, but I do know nutritional math. So the way you would figure this out is you would take your uh, weight, okay? Then what I want you to do is I want you to take hit the divide sign by 2.2 because there is 2.2 kilograms per one pound of weight, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So then, uh, for instance, in the Andrea's case, so we take her weight divided by 2.2, that equals 54. Then we take that times whatever we want to determine what her recommended amount of protein is going to be. Right. Okay. So for instance, and she's going to do it right now because we have a calculator handy. I'm not shy. So I weigh roughly about 120 right now. Okay. So divide that by 2.2. 2.2 is 54. Okay. Now take 54 times 0.8. Which would be my recommended daily. So that means she would need 43 grams of protein per day, uh, basically just to stay alive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what is 43 grams of protein equal to? Well, if you're talking about like a meat source, okay, so you're more of an omnivore type eater, that's around like a chicken breast, yeah. four to six ounce chicken around breast. Six ounce, uh, six ounces of chicken breast is 46 grams of protein. Right. So that, that would get my daily, my registered daily, recommended daily intake. Right. And by, but again, most of us are not looking just to stay alive. We're looking to thrive. So Andrea works out. She's relatively active. Uh, I would say she's actually more than moderately. She's active, works out, you know, four to five days a week, um, is on her feet constantly. Um, and she also, as we age, we lose a percentage of muscle mass every year after 35. Mm -hmm. So let's just Which bump you up 35. to like, let's say two grams. Okay, okay. So 54 times two would be 108. So look at that big range from 43 to 108 to 108. That is a huge range to prescribe to somebody because on one end of the spectrum, you're just staying alive. Mm -hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, you're essentially Probably thriving. meeting your provided intake, yeah. Right. But that also means, too, to get 108 grams of protein, you would have to do a heck of a lot of planning into your day to ensure that you're getting them in, which means... Right. It'd be easy if I could have three chicken breasts that would put me over my recommended amount. Right. But I don't eat chicken breasts. Right. And you being a vegetarian means mm -hmm. you have to do more planning. Um, mm -hmm. and, and even with uh, vegetarians, it's recommended to go about 10% higher uh, than what the recommended daily amount would be for somebody who includes plant-based or excuse me, meat-based or uh, meat-based options for their protein sources. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can see how it can get kind of blurry and confusing well, Tyler, 43 to 109, I mean, that's it's the difference between range. like not eating a whole lot in a day and then trying to eat a whole lot more than I'm used to. Right. So to make things easy, we, and you guys have heard us say this before, but we use a hand method for our portion sizes. So in the case of protein, that is a palm-sized serving of protein. So if you want to look at it from this perspective, like and to, to start with, to know where you stand, are you getting at least a palm-sized serving of protein at every single meal? 
So I'm saying that you're getting breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you're eating six meals a day, it's probably a little bit different. Um, but again, that is just one component of what would be a complete meal. You're not just eating protein. That's why we brought up how much of your whole grains you should be eating. Um, and then also add in the, the vegetables, fruit, water, and otherwise fats too. We like for the, the meat to be of what you would call it a kind of meat. Like we want the showcase to be the uh, vegetables on your plate, the fruit on your plate, and the meat is showing up to support, like a supporting role, so to speak. It has to be present, but it doesn't have to be the main focus. And why did I use a number of like two grams per kilogram of body weight? Well, the top end range, and this would be for athletes, is 2.2 grams per kilogram. Um, they they haven't really tested anything beyond that. So there's nothing to say that if you went over that, it would be necessarily bad for you. You know, you'll read things about like protein being bad for your kidneys and mm-hmm. bad for your liver. Mm-hmm. Those are very extreme cases. And in most cases, that person already has a pre-existing condition where their kidneys are compromised, right? And that obviously would come from a medical doctor, not somebody like Andrea or I. But especially for older people too, so not just athletes, but anyone over the age of 65, two grams per gram of body weight of protein per day is recommended. Why? Because you're losing muscle mass as you age. And so we're going to try and counteract that by getting those higher protein uh, servings in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially for your your bone mass, especially for women, I think it starts at the age of 53. I think what I had read is it starts at the age of 53 that we start depleting. And if if your body is not sufficient in protein, it will then seek out protein from other sources in your body to make sure that it does stay at an optimal um, daily level, so to speak. Because if it's not, then that's when things start to start failing. It starts grabbing from your muscles, it'll grab from your hormones, and you'll notice a lot of disruptions throughout your day. And we occasionally see this when people are under eating um, in weigh-ins. They will um, start to uh, lose muscle mass and gain body fat. Typically, that's indicative of the fact that they're under eating, not just in protein, but obviously protein is a bigger component of that. And that's not the only reason that somebody would see that in a weigh-in per se, but it is something that you should look at. The other reason why we want you to add protein into your diet, not to just not waste away and obviously thrive, is that it can help you lose weight. And how it does that is protein it keeps you satisfied longer, mm-hmm. plain and simple. You'll notice when you have um, a, a good meal, let's say you start off on a, a good breakfast and I'll use Tyler's breakfast. This is his go-to. It's uh, probably three scrambled eggs, a uh, half a cup of oatmeal, some berries and some fruit or some veggies in the scrambled eggs. And that's typically your breakfast with coffee. Uh, do you have a, usually a cup with protein in it or... Uh, I typically, it, it depends on the day. If I if I know I'm not going to be having another protein source like eggs, I'll put a scoop of protein in my second cup of coffee okay. um, just to boost it up. Or if it's like after a run, usually I'll have a, black, a cup of black coffee in the morning just to sort of get things moving. Um, and then I'll have one after. So it really just depends. So being what I, I just said, that's a, it's like a hungry man's breakfast for me. <laughs> right. So what I would typically do, it would be like a quarter cup of oatmeal with a protein, a scoop of protein in it. But when I have those breakfasts that start off with protein first thing in the morning, I'm not as hungry throughout 
the day, I don't crash and burn before lunchtime. I'm feeling full and satisfied, so I'm not reaching for different snacks or anything to get me through lunchtime or to lunchtime, so to speak. So I'm staying fuller longer because your body takes a little bit longer to digest that protein. And the the digestion, which you just pointed out, it takes the body a longer amount of time to digest most protein sources. Mm -hmm. Even if you're looking at plant-based sources, Mm -hmm. right? We talked Mm -hmm. about fiber and the benefit of it on our social feeds uh, a few weeks ago because it basically creates a workout for your gut. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just you are what you eat, you are what you absorb, and you are what you digest. So eating that you know, let's say it's 100 calories of protein, you're only going to use about 70 calories of it. So like, because you're going through that thermic effect of food, you're really trying to burn it off and digest it. You're almost giving your body an internal workout. Therefore, you're not going to see the detriment. That's why I've always told people like very little of protein when it's over consumed gets turned into fat. You know, your carbohydrates and your fats get, and I'm talking about macronutrients, not just your actual body fat, but those get digested very easily, which is why they're very easy to overconsume. And then they end up as stored energy. Stored energy equals fat. So again, another reason or a way that adding protein to your diet, if you are lower than what maybe you want to be at, or just adding it in without subtracting anything, you're going to notice big differences. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it depends on animal protein and and, um, plant protein. We want to make sure that you're getting a very good source of protein, not just chicken off the shelf, so to speak. You you talk a lot about cage-free, hormone-free, pesticide-free chicken or grass-fed, grass-finished beef. It's, It's a very different cut of meat, so to speak, than what you would get just taking it from the store. 100%. I mean, quality, uh, you definitely notice the difference. And if you don't notice it just in terms of how it tastes, um, definitely in terms of the nutrients that you're getting from it, right? Um, And again, we're utilizing meat more as like as a condom meat. It's not the end all be all. But think about eating a high quality piece of meat and the nutrient value you get from it, not just the protein. Um, And the same goes from a plant-based perspective as well. Like, you know, the major ones you'd want to focus on from a plant-based perspective, tempeh, tofu, edamame, uh, lentils and beans. Now, when we say lentils and beans, that means that they are the main protein source on your plate. Right. They're not just to the side. Right. Kind of thing. And, you know, I get a lot of that. I, I just want to interject about the protein source. You have to remember you're eating what the animal is eating. Mm-hmm. So you're you're ingesting that as well. So that's why you want to go with the freshest, best, cleanest cut of meat. Now, with and um, I get a question a lot, you know, well, how do you get your protein? How do you you know, everyone thinks I starve. Uh, and if you know me, you know, I eat all the time and I don't starve. <laughs> but I mean, you just have to be very smart about your protein sources and you have to plan out. It's it's all about planning. I think either for me and for animal or for vegetarian that you have to plan what you're eating to make sure that you're getting that macronutrient at every single meal. And again, because she follows that vegetarian lifestyle, she does need to eat more protein than what may be recommended, about 10% more. But the other part of it, too, is that because the majority of her protein sources are not as filling. Now, we can make that argument around like lentils and beans, obviously being in a high fiber. But I would say you probably could eat more tofu than I could eat of a chicken breast. Oh, absolutely. Because it's Uh, not as filling. There's not as much that needs to be processed or digested inside of your body. So, Well, you know that as the case that when you eat vegetarian, you eat more food mm -hmm. than you typically would 
because you're, it's more uh, fresher foods and it's more vegetables and plants. Right. And maybe a, even though this is somewhat off topic, an advantage that certain following a so, quote unquote plant based lifestyle, right? Let's just say from a whole foods perspective, their look at a plant based diet or whole foods diet is 10% of your diet is meat, mm-hmm. right? Which, if you look at the recommended daily uh, amount for protein, 0.8, that equates to most people's 10% of their diet. Correct. So, that is a great way without having to count calories, without even having to do even the, the, the hand method to eat pretty much when you're hungry, as long as you're tied into your hunger cues and, and still maintaining a good, healthy weight. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you have protein at each meal, a palm of protein at each meal with your other macronutrients will help you stay fuller longer and help you actually uh, maintain your weight or even lose weight because you're going to stay fuller longer, making sure you're staying away from those processed foods, those sugar foods. So your plate should be made up of a palm of protein, a cupped hand of uh, carbohydrates, whole grains, and then two-fifths of vegetables. And I always say go with more vegetables. You can always overload on the vegetables and then a thumb of fat. And that's what your plate should look like at every single meal. And then also just have a sort of an inclination to pay attention to how you feel if you're dabbling into adding new protein sources into your diet. Um, the body will go through an adjustment phase. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be certain proteins that you digest really well, and there will be certain proteins like Andrea. Mm-hmm. She doesn't digest meat proteins mm-hmm. or anything derived from meat. So even like whey protein, which has many benefits to it, um, it, you know, in terms of amino acid profile, which we could get into. But the biggest thing, I think, to your point is just ensuring that you're getting that palm of protein at every single meal um, and making sure that it's just a, a normal part of your diet. Yep. Try it for one day. Try one day to eat no processed foods, eat whole foods, one ingredient type foods um, with little to no sugar in them whatsoever. Try it one day and see how you feel. And, and more importantly, just protein in general. I guarantee you, you will eat less. Mm -hmm. You will eat less of the junk because you will be full and satisfied Mm -hmm. from it. And not just that, but again, that balance plate that you had just pointed out. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that was protein, which means we have vegetables and fruit, uh, vegetables and fruit left to talk about, which we will definitely cover in the next coming weeks. Also coming up on the docket very shortly in the next coming, coming weeks, I will be sitting down with Dr. William Davis. He'll make his return back to the podcast to talk about his new book coming out in February of next year, Super Gut. So I'm just now diving into uh, that copy. Um, very interesting stuff. You guys will not want to miss it. And then I'll also be sitting down with Jonathan Goodman, who is the founder of the PTDC, uh, which is the Personal Training Development Center uh, company. Uh, basically, in the he, Online Trainer Academy. In the Online Trainer Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he has created uh, an entire company out of helping personal trainers and other coaches um, become better. Uh, so I'm really excited to have him on uh, to talk about this, the landscape of fitness post-COVID, um, among other things. So much, much to look forward to. Um, just wanted to put out there that I'm very thankful for all of you, uh, it being the week of Thanksgiving, um, for you taking the time to listen to our podcast, for all of your comments, for your reviews. Um, and we can only hope to bring you uh, more great content as we move along. So have a great Thanksgiving week. Enjoy the time with your family and your friends and tune into next week's episode. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. 
Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.